Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Oh, welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Uh, we're not going to really mess about discussing a whole lot of the formalities of introduction. I'm Spencer Halt from Everyday Should Be Saturday and SBNation.com. Joining me, uh, Jason Kirk. Uh, you, he's the guy with the crickets, the lord of the night insects. Say hello, Jason. Hello, and say hello to my minions. Speak, my speak, my angels. Sing! Sing! <laughs> uh, madness has t- overtaken all of us in week six. Uh, he's our college football editor at SB Nation, by the way. He has a job. Uh, also has a job, ladies. Uh, Ryan Nanny, joining I'm, us I'm, from Brooklyn. I'm Fortune Magazine. <laughs> Fortune, he is Fortune Magazine. <laughs> Everything you read published in Fortune Magazine comes all from, by me. Comes from that man's gifted, nimble hands. Uh, he's typing right now, but still joining us for a lowly college football podcast. Uh, like I said, we're not going to mess around because week six was, uh, this is when the season started. It started on Thursday night when Oregon lost to Arizona, uh, to Rich Rodriguez, the unheralded rogue coach. Nobody's ever hired for a big job. Just sitting out there in the desert, like a, like a vein of copper or a rogue Aztec diamond, just floating out there all by himself, just waiting for some large program. Like, I don't know, maybe Michigan to take him. Uh, it rolled on through Friday when Taysom Hill was injured and BYU's playoff hopes. Uh, Ryan, where did they go to live? To their, to their own planet in the celestial heavens. It's a pretty good planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, by the way, tore like everything. Holiday, holiday Bolgia. <laughs> holiday Bolgia. <laughs> Out there somewhere in beautiful Mormon celestial heaven. Don't make fun of Mormon heaven. It's a really good deal compared to other heavens. 
Even if you get a crappy one, it's like, uh, it's still probably pretty good. I'm still by, yeah, I'm still by myself. It's an improvement. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, I've seen pictures of Provo. If there's a whole planet that looks like that, I'm going. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying, you know, I could live, if the planet looks like that, I can probably make it without caffeine. I'm saying. Uh, games that amused you, amazed you. I think we each have one to discuss uh, that, that we watched, devoted ourselves to, and were utterly shocked by. And I don't want to start with the big obvious one, so I want to go to Ryan first. Uh, the first one being uh, you watched Oklahoma TCU, which was a, a stunning result given everything Oklahoma had coming in, yes? Yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting because TCU jumped out to a big lead, and then like Oklahoma chipped away. TCU jumped out to another small lead. Oklahoma chipped away. And then, T- then Oklahoma took the lead early in the third quarter, and you were like, okay, I've seen how this works. And then TCU's defense got mean, like super mean and nasty. And just like, you know, big game Bob is a, is a fun thing to throw around. But this wasn't like, oh, you know, Oklahoma got massively outcoached. No, they just kind of got their ass beat for the last 25 minutes of the game or so. And that was weird to see. And by the way, I think that's a theme that we'll probably echo through through all of the games that we discuss. There wasn't a whole lot of, oh, then we had the game stolen from us by the officials, except for maybe you, Oregon. You had other problems. Uh, they, had, they had a lot of other problems. They had a lot of other problems. That offensive line is a sieve. But most of these games, if you looked at them, these were pretty decisive. They were not really like, you, you looked at them... And they made sense, you know? Like, TCU toward the end of that game, if you look at that fourth quarter box score, it makes sense. They are kicking Oklahoma's ass. Yeah, they, like, totally, they totally earned it. And I don't know, it was, it, it, maybe it's not, like, a, a death knell for Oklahoma and not something we'll walk away saying, oh, you know, they're overrated and they don't deserve anything as usual. Um, but damn, like, TCU looked really, really good on defense, and that was that was fun to see in a in a in a conference where that is uh, often lacking in recent years. Well, you, you preach, you, you know. Well, <laughs> it, you, preach. You, you, <laughs> J- Jason, being fond of Crobagnon football, will of course preach. But they also they also played a little offense, like Trevon Boykin threw for three hundred yeah. yards, and like you know, they, the did, kids. they didn't have to just beat beat Oklahoma with a rock. Although they did do that, they have a rock to beat them with. It, it is a it is an, it is a rock, and it is for beating. Yeah, and, and defensively, if you can, of course, play some defense in the Big Twelve and do it really well, you're automatically better than like all but three teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. You know, provided you have an offense, provided you don't play the like Iowa State game. If you're like, ha ha, we have a defense and zero offense, where the- and and the refs hate us. And the and yes, and our AD, in case there wasn't enough craziness, Jamie Pollard, the athletic director of Iowa State, goes on a post-game tirade that cost him twenty-five grand, claiming that there is a conspiracy against Iowa State, to which I argue a conspiracy requires energy, organization, two things pretty much lacking in like the same place. You don't find that in the same place in college football. And it would require a real dislike and knowledge of what Iowa State is which only Iowa has. But but it does Iowa State is a petty enough target 
that it does sort of fit Big 12 country. Like, that's where you hate somebody for no reason who already has nothing. How can you hate a town whose, like, chief claim to fame is having clean water? <laughs> some. Some clean water. Some. They, they were very clear that it was not all of the water. That hey, you clean. know what that clean water ain't? It ain't oil. <laughs> that's true. You can't drink really, that, can you? Huh? It's a really strong point. It flows right out of the faucets in Texas and Oklahoma. Them Iowans getting all snooty with their water. Hmm. My baby's been drinking oil for eight years. Strongest child in his preschool. Um, you have an eight-year-old in preschool? Well, in Texas you do. I mean, the kid <laughs> drinks oil, Ryan. Kid drinks oil. He's just, he's, we're just growing, we're red-shirting him for life. Just gonna get him big and set him loose. The he's, state of he, Texas, where we red-shirt his, you for life. These are his mission years, so. <laughs> my car runs on oil, why can't my son... Uh, Jason, the game uh, that that you have uh, picked as your sort of stunning upset uh, game, you believe you have Mississippi State, Texas A&M? Uh, this is the game that we settled on. I don't know how shocking and all that it was, but uh, definitely definitely uh, a larger margin in the early in the fourth quarter than anyone would have predicted. Uh, Mississippi State up 31 points early in the fourth Uh Partially due to some weird turnovery stuff, there was sort of a tipped interception, and uh, Texas A&M ended up with 526 yards and all that. So I don't know if this one was quite as impressive as either the uh, 48-17 margin or the final margin suggests, but still uh, a convincing hands-down blowout of a team that everyone coming into the year and through five weeks thought was a very good Texas A&M team, and probably still is. Uh, just wasn't their day against a a very good Mississippi State front seven. Uh, you know, against uh, against an offense that's going to be able to run the ball on anybody. Probably just a really bad matchup for Texas A and M. I think I think a lot of people are higher on Mississippi State at this point than I am, but still, you know, nothing you can take away from this win that isn't. Uh, Damn, that's a good football team. Yeah, I think that was the shocking thing was that is that how well rounded. Uh, a defeat it was delivered to to A&M, right? It wasn't just, you know, like with the Arkansas game, it was pretty obvious that Arkansas was just really good at leaning on them, right? And that they were just going to drag out the game and run on them and take it into the fourth quarter. And I think how thorough this was was kind of shocking to me, particularly on the pressure side, because, you know, they got three INTs off Kenny Hill. You know, he's had some pressure and he's had some erratic play before, but this was a totally consistent, like, frizzle fry of Kenny Hill's quarterbacking nervous system for basically the second half. It did, it did not help that Kenny Hill's receivers dropped, like, a lot of good passes. That's another thing. There were yeah. about nine or ten drops that MSU did very little to force. Uh, yeah. If and they, they play this game five more times, it's a whole lot closer but still uh i don't think i don't think even if you give them you know five six seven eight of those completions mississippi state still walks away with it but uh, also also i think the the big element that changes things for mississippi state offensively little caesar's mascot little caesar's mascot and uh josh robinson who i trust as a running back because he's got a big butt he's got the michael turner going back there he's basically this like bowling ball shaped running back and i trust any running back who i suspect has like 
a density somewhere around molten copper. And that's that's Josh Robinson. Well, got to be careful, state of Mississippi. If you're molten copper, somebody might steal you and sell you. This might might just <laughs> strip you out of the Mississippi State roster, sell you on the market. Um, let's go ahead and go to the the last game I want to mention, which is uh, the tragedy of of Connor Halliday. Oh, oh! If you want to, there were a lot of painful, odd things that happened uh, this weekend. Um, one of which being Ole Miss Bama, which we are going to talk about that. I just want to reserve a note before we do that to just say that a quarterback this weekend managed to throw for more yards than any quarterback in the history of college football and lost his game. Serves him right. You know, he's he's thrown he threw for more yards in that game than eleven teams have thrown for all year. Yeah. Uh, and 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 not even like yeah like fine Georgia Tech is on that list Air Force is on that list like actual teams UCF is on that list yeah and and by the way in this game uh, went forty nine for seventy typical did, did not throw a pick uh, neither which, did Jared Goff though <laughs> <laughs> I think I think. All defensive backs were basically playing with ping pong paddles strapped to their hands. They there was absolutely no danger whatsoever of anyone intercepting a pass at all. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't even get the good ping pong paddles. They got the one with the the stripping all ripped off. But sometime around two forty five a.m. Uh, Eastern time, they missed a field goal and lost this game. And I'm I'm just. I'm so very sorry, Connor Halliday. You have now exceeded Nick Foles for the Connor Halliday and a losing effort award. I mean, what is there to take away from this? From this utter nonsense? Like, what do we learn from this? Both both teams are horrible. Like, there's, there's <laughs> no no wisdom. Nothing. This is a total. Uh, uh, you're just I, you're just you're ca- just mad because you're gonna lose a bet. Yeah, you're mad because Cal's gonna make you look bad because Cal. Is on well, the yeah, other end. I, Cal's on the other shows, end. Of, they're on the other end of the spectrum. Go ahead, the bet. The well, Stephen Godfrey and I uh, bet back in like May that Cal would not win four. I bet Stephen that Cal would not win four games this year. They have done so. Uh, the The arrangement was fried chicken was on the line because we're we're both from the South. This is the only currency we know. Uh, Cal has proved me wrong. So. Way to go, Cal. I get to eat fried chicken now. Look mm-hmm. who's the real winner here. <laughs> no, 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 um, no, no. It goes farther than that. Where is Cal in the Pac-12 standings right now? Well, they lead the Pac-12 North. <laughs> hey, that's not my <laughs> Kings of the Pac-12 North. All California is, is bizarro Will Muschamp football. They're just on the other end of the spectrum. You're going to watch it. You're going to be horrified. And at the end, covered in blood... And victorious, and alone, and maybe missing an arm, will be Sonny Dykes. Cal is what everybody accused Baylor of being for a couple years. Oh, like like yeah. we we everybody thought Baylor couldn't play defense. Uh uh-uh. uh, that this is Cal. <laughs> you had no idea. <laughs> no, 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 no. You 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 were mistaken. There is there is another. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Baylor was only kind of bad at defense before it got good. 
it's like when you had scary rap as a kid and you're like oh my gosh like like the ghetto boys kind of scare me and then dmx came along and his album cover was him covered in blood <laughs> you're like oh no it's that wu-tang side project about like eating people yeah okay this is scarier than two life crew <laughs> That's so dirty, Two Live Crew. Yeah, this is Cool Kate's sex style. Why don't you listen to that? Wrap your ears around that. Oh, Baylor's so bad. Oh, wait till you hear Wazoo. I you think... just compared Baylor to Two Live Crew. I did. I think this means Cal ends up impersonating an FBI agent like five years from now. Uh, yes, I can see that. Can, can't, you, can't you see? Come on, Sonny, Sonny Dykes. That's a name that's just like born to testify in federal court. So you're you're trying to get me you're you're trying you want me to believe that Tony Franklin is going to impersonate a government agent. Man, ain't no other cat's got love for me. <laughs> he already looks like an undercover cop. Come on, he kind of does. Yeah, that old coaching staff kind of does. <laughs> they all, they all do that. That's the that's Cal under the Cal. Hey man, we <laughs> play real cool football. We don't no, nah, don't worry about that defense. Just come on in and throw the ball, man. Did you guys hook me up with some MJ? <laughs> Maybe a little bit of that horse. I heard that's on the streets. We throw around the drugs ball. <laughs> <laughs> Just the holes. Come on in and score a whole bunch of drugs in the end zone. Just Cal yeah. Cal football, a whole staff full of narcs. That's in why, too, dude. In too deep. That's why Tuberville kicked him off the staff at Auburn. Tuberville knows a snitch. That's right. Um, then uh, finally, to go to the discussion of, uh, I think the the game everyone expects you to talk about this week, which is good because uh, it really was, I, I think, exciting if not totally shocking. In hindsight, that would be Ole Miss beating Alabama, which going back and rewatching it. I, I was sort of stunned at how short they kept things for Blake Sims after the Florida game plan. Like, they did take shots downfield, but it was nothing like what they were able to do against Florida, or what they tried to do against Florida. It was really kind of looked a lot like the USC stuff that Lane Kiffin kind of, I think, got choked out on in L.A., like a lot of like short little roll out they, they they were pretty conservative with him at times, and that sort I, of surprised me. I think they were terrified that if they let him sit in the pocket too long, he was going to get killed. Which, like, which was like, a legitimate concern. Right, because well, against it, Florida, they had, they had all kinds of time in the pocket, but that was not true against Ole Miss. And if you rewatch, there's multiple moments where uh, Blake Sims get, gets pressured and just starts scooting around, and something really dumb happens. Like There's one point where he just scrambles out of bounds and yeah. loses five yards and they miss a field goal. Of course, it's Bama, so they would have missed it. One second. It made it easier. It made it more likely to be returned for a touchdown, which it wasn't, but... But yeah, they, they, I, think they, I, I think the lesson, like when I came away from it, what made sense to me was, oh, old Mrs. Defense is awesome. And they actually, yeah. were, they were actually able to really screw up a lot of what out. Like the only thing Alabama could do consistently was run with T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeah. Yeldon still had over a hundred yards. Derrick Henry was pretty bottled up, and Sims. They really limited what Sims could do. Amari Cooper still got catches. I mean, he was pretty well defended, and Cooper still had. You know, he still caught the ball nine times. Didn't quite have a hundred yards. Didn't have a TD. At yeah, all. and Bama earned 10 offensive points. 10, three in the second half. 
Kiffin. Kiffin. <laughs> I mean, even even adjusting for the Kiffin factor, I think Ole Miss's defense is the best best unit in the country right now. It yeah. just looks like, I mean, it, it looks like you're watching like Missile Command or something, and just shit's coming down at you. You know, they yeah, they, they, and they I, drop everybody back to you know they take away the pass, and then they just rally so fast and so hard, and they hit like hell. I the th- other thing I was shocked at was how many three man rushes. They got pressure with three and four men a lot. There were not a whole lot of blitzes going on. Not a lot at all. And the best part was watching Robert Kandichi because if you watch Robert Kandichi, number five, playing on the interior for them, either on the nose or working as one of the D tackles when they have a four-man front. When they do that, Kandichi does not pursue the ball carrier at all. He just he just pushes his man as far into the backfield as possible every play. It's hilarious. His mission is to just disrupt. That's he's, it. He's the Zuckerberg defense. He's he's just the venture capital tackle. They just just disrupt. Just push him <laughs> as far. Like there are so many times when Sims had to scramble. Like oh shit! Like like tree falling. Like like that's it. He's not. Even Here comes going... six hundred pounds. I better move. <laughs> like Kendichi is is still young and raw enough that like he doesn't he hasn't figured out that oh now I'll get the ball and dominate move. No, he's just beating this man's ass in front of him and, and still playing a new position. It's... This is a defensive end <laughs> slash running back in high school who uh, played the mostly that his freshman year. They slid him inside the defensive tackle and. Uh, I mean, uh, his job is just be a monster. Yeah, there's a play where he backs Ari Quanjo up, okay? Like, he ends up matched up on Ari Quanjo. And he backs him up, and Ari Quanjo, he bends Ari Quanjo, right? Like, 320, right? Bends Ari Quanjo in half, basically, backwards. And it's the most amazing play because, one, uh, Kendichi bends a man in half, and two, Ari Quanjo is strong, flex- strong enough and flexible enough to just have that happen and sort of snap back after play like, oh, that's funny, that can happen. Okay, cool. It's astonishing. So, yay, old Mrs. Defense, and and Bo Wallace didn't turn the ball over. Yay, there's your there's your whole game right there. Yeah, that, if, I, I guarantee you, one of those things cannot last all season. <laughs> which, which, which one, Ryan? Which one, which one Ryan? I, come on, don't make me say bad things about Doctor Bo. Doctor Bo is going to throw his picks, but he's the, he's the only dad I ever had. Man, can Doctor Bo live? <laughs> Let no. the man express himself no. with a pick every now and then. No. Under, under the terms of that settlement, he cannot live. I also did laugh because one of the first plays in the game was a design quarterback run for Dr. Bo. Like, wake him up with a hit. Like, that Woo! was the first, <laughs> the first thing they did was throw 175 pounds of pure Mississippi, like, courage right into the teeth of the Alabama defense. Tyler Durden style. Punch me as hard as you can. That's just a little anesthesia. <laughs> Just getting the doctor loosened up, you know? You're, been, you're, you're numb now, ain't you? He's been around the ether so much he can't operate without a little bit of it in his snoop. <laughs> Good shit. Uh, yeah, that, that and he threw beautiful passes when they need to. They throw, like, one of the better back, like the Laquan Treadwell, they throw one of the better little back shoulder back fades. Shoulder, yeah. That little back shoulder throw. Oh, they're yeah. really, they're good at that. It's funny that bullshit works when you have like a six five five star five star to throw it to. <laughs> Everybody else in the country does that nonsense to you know 
Hey, Just you're the five average little wide receiver. You're five eight. You played quarterback in high school. You go get this pass. Yeah, <laughs> sure, <laughs> that'll work. You, you just have to want just use the Scott Schaefer of Syracuse model. You just have to want it more. <laughs> People out here cutting heads off. You said Scott Schaefer. That made me laugh. I did. <laughs> Soft nosed ass coach. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to. Um, there's a thing we sort of wanted to do. We were trying to figure out what we wanted Jason to read in this particular voice because it turns out Jason does, uh, I think, what is a not just a passable but an excellent Wright Thompson imitation. So in honor of Wright Thompson, the recently departed from Twitter, Wright Thompson, uh, we wanted to honor old Mrs. Victory by having him read something which was um, extremely inappropriate for Wright Thompson to read. So what is your selection, Jason, that you're going to be reading? <clears throat> I'm going to be reading an article entitled Heirloom Popcorn Helps a Snack Reinvent Itself from the New York Times. Because when you think right, Thompson and Old Miss, don't you think the bleached, parboiled, bland prose of the aliens who write the New York Times? Um, Jason, whenever you're ready. Shellsburg, Iowa. Corn confronts you at every turn in Iowa. It blurs past the car window for hours. Stop for gas, and you're likely to find a patch growing out back. Much of it will fuel cars, feed cattle, and sweeten food. But a half hour's drive from Cedar Rapids in front of Gene and Lynn Mealhouse, sturdy form farmhouse. Ears of corn no bigger than a child's hand grow from seeds the family can trace back to the 1850s. The small, pearly flint corn has never been genetically modified or hybridized. Its only purpose is to pop into small, crisp puffs that taste of pure toasted corn. Mr. Mealhouse, 59, a soil expert who still looks very much like the hippie drummer he once was, spent years driving around trying to sell his precious popcorn. Now, his tiny but mighty brand is on the shelves of Whole Foods. <laughs> Stop with Whole Foods. That's great. Oh, so congratulations, y'all. Hottie, hottie. I look forward to so many isolating just Whole Foods. Whole for puffs. <laughs> what is your text alert message? Oh, it's Jason saying Whole Foods is right, Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> no one will understand this joke <laughs> ever. That's it. We just ruined the whole show. <laughs> Yay. Don't know why. Don't know why that happened. <laughs> Oh uh, well, with that, I think that that's um, we'll we'll do that again because I like listening to Jason cough afterwards. Um, he's kind of you said he's kind of got a little Undertaker in there. Can you hear me? Hello, I can Hello? I can hear you still. Okay, Jason, can you hear me? Hey, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. That's at thirty three twenty three. We'll take that out. <laughs> Leave uh, it. <laughs> Leave uh, it. <laughs> but you, you say there's a you say there's a little bit of Undertaker in there, right? Uh yeah, it's either Undertaker or Bray Wyatt. Sort of that plus Cookie Monster. Um it's I don't think I have it down at all, but it's it's a work in progress. Yeah, it's it's coming along. It's close enough to, you know, make me snort. So uh so we'll do that again. Because I do enjoy listening to you strain and say the word puffs. <laughs> puffs. <laughs> it's a good word. Uh, reader mail time. Re- 
And by mail, we mean tweets. Uh, let's start off with... Uh, I want to start off with a bang. I want to start off with my own, which is from Telco Ag uh, on Twitter, which is, if Arkansas wins an SEC game, what food will Brett Bielema eat off of his wife? Uh, I'm going to guess chili. Just ladle it right on there. It's tur- turkey chili, though, because he's trying to eat right. Well, you know, it's... Uh, you, you, you know, In season- what universe is Brett Bielema trying to eat right? <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm convinced he wears those giant like tent coats on the sideline because that's his method of losing weight. Sweat, sweat it off. Yeah, I think he's one of those guys whose like entire workout regimen is centered around sweating. You know, oh, like, he, so he's being like a high school wrestler. Yeah, he's either yeah. like he's probably got one of those machines that just jiggles fat. You know, with a belt. <laughs> it's like well, I'll lose three pounds at the end of every game. Must be working. Why are you Why are you chewing Starburst and spinning all day? Gotta, gotta keep the gotta, jaw working. Gotta make weight. <laughs> gotta make weight. Hold on. I'm gonna wrap myself in this trash bag. <laughs> now, now you've turned him into Missy Elliott. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, if, if he is truly freaky, so I'm just gonna accept that. Yeah, chili. It's the chili. Uh, that's his choice. It's turkey chili. chili. Is answer. Yeah, because it's and it's just hot enough to make it a little erotic. And not too hot enough to make it a medical well, situation. Well, we're also talking about a Wisconsin man here, so let's not overlook like baseball park nacho cheese. Oh no, there's there's a lot of no, nacho no, cheese no, in cheese, chili. There's, there's cheese, no, the cheese goes on top. It's sprinkled. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. As long as long as chili includes everything that chili could possibly entail, sour I'm, cream. I'm good here. It could also it, it could also be a marker because I suspect a birthday cake in Brett Bielema's house. Several things might have chili poured on it. You're going to want to <laughs> mark which one you're eating. That's yeah, my chili. You, you, That's my chili toothpaste. Chili. Don't use it. Exactly. Fine. I spilled chili on the rug, so to clean it, I just poured more chili on there. <laughs> hotter chili. Just hotter chili. <laughs> to melt, and some, to and some, melt the old chili. And some beer. The bubbles sort of get it out of there. <laughs> Those and tiny dogs, all they eat is chili. <laughs> <laughs> Those dogs should be a lot bigger than they are. I, well, I think they just eat like a teaspoon of chili per day. <laughs> Glad we got reader mail off to a smashing start. Jason, your question. Uh, this one comes to us from <clears throat> our friend Burrito Bros. Shits, who says. <laughs> That's his name. <laughs> I know, but now I picture you saying it like Ray Thompson. Burrito Bros. Shits. <laughs> Which current NFL coach would make you most angry if he replaces Muschamp? Can't say Jack Del Rio. Um. Personally, since I'm not a Florida fan, I'd say Chip Kelly, just because that would make it even less likely that the Falcons get him. But I'll turn this over to you guys. Jim Caldwell. Oh, the Fury. Damn. That's 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 so easy. It's so Jim Caldwell. Like, Jim Caldwell has ruined a pretty entertaining Detroit Lions offense. Jim Caldwell with the dregs of Florida. My God. They'd punt, they'd punt on zero down. They would punt on downs that don't even exist yet. Punt on kickoffs. <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you doing? He fails the kickoff, and he's punted it. Is he really the Lions head coach? Yeah. Somehow. No, I had to, I, I'm no, learning. To, to be fair, I had to do the same thing when I heard it. And somebody goes, yeah, well, they're three and one. And I'm like, not for long. <laughs> <laughs> that was also their out-of-conference record when he was going three and ten at Wake. <laughs> yeah. You're like three and one early. I'm feeling optimistic. Okay, buddy, <laughs> you go ahead and do that. Um, my answer for who would 
infuriate me the most if uh, we're talking a currently employed head coach, Jeff Fisher. Yeah. God damn, that would that would be profoundly upsetting to me. That Jeff would make Fisher, Ryan. That would well, make Ryan Auburn targeted for a while. So. Yeah, he was he they, he was constantly like maybe USC is going to hire Jeff Fisher, and I'm like, mm, that's cool. Why don't you drink a big old glass of cancer? Yeah, that'd but, be yeah, great. But, yeah, but Auburn thought about hiring Jeff Fisher instead of Gus Malzahn. That's true. That's true. It's not, no, it's not too late. <laughs> there was there was interest. My my second on that would be if they hired uh, if they hired like some giant lump of awful like Tony Sperano. Oh, who who is a head coach again? Thanks, Raiders. God damn it! <laughs> we, we can we can we only have so much time to use his name though. Uh, yeah. What I understand. <laughs> going, 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 going. Right, uh, Ryan. Your question. Uh, this question comes from Michael Wood. Uh, his question is: Whose voice makes them sound dumbest? Will Muschamp, Brady Hoke, or Paul Johnson? Um, as someone who. Gets a lot of comments about his voice and what it does and doesn't sound like. I'm going to say Brady Hoke uh, because Will Muschamp and Paul Johnson don't necessarily have dumb voices. They just say, you know, dumb or uncaring things. But Brady Hoke could could read the same thing Jason read in Wright Thompson's voice, and you would think it was the dumbest thing you've ever heard. So we went. Brady Hope doing right, Thompson? Brady Hope doing right, Thompson, <laughs> oh. reading the New York Times. My, oh, my face hurts. No, 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 don't, 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 don't. You'll pull something. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go Brady Hope there too. I mean, Muschamp just sounds, he sounds like he's playing the character of Will Muschamp. <laughs> I think he's in on the gag. And uh, Paul Johnson doesn't sound dumb at all. He's, he's kind of transcends intelligence. Corn has tremendous puffs. Yeah. <laughs> Hoke, um, Hoke is really the by far uh, like there's it, the other two aren't close because Paul Johnson just sounds mean, right? Like his voice is just laced with a lack of concern for all life, insect, human, pick an animal. He's probably down. He's probably down on microbes. Whatever. Yeah, and and he speaks with such confidence. If you've ever listened to his radio show with Wes Durham on Seven Ninety The Zone, <laughs> I don't. I don't think Wes Durham still does that show. But uh, I mean, if you ever hear him speak, he speaks with such confidence. Even if his team is like three and five in the ACC or whatever, uh, there's no way that can come across as a lack of intelligence. Yeah, so honestly, sense. like like Paul Johnson is that like Marine sergeant. In World War One, who's like, there's an artillery inch three, like artillery shell three inches from his head, about to hit him, and he's like, "We're going to get out of this. I got it." Steel's a fad. We're going to go back to wood for all our construction one day. <laughs> and you kind of believe him, and not just because it would cost you seven million dollars to leave the submarine on your own. But but Brady Hoke, like even when he has prep time, goddamn dude, sounds like he has just been asked to do calculus. Well, and also the things Muschamp says that come across as dumb, like I don't, I don't speak Italian. You know, it's, well, of course you don't. Who does? Why would, any, why would anyone? I don't either. Who am I to judge? I've never been to Paris. I haven't either. Take that, know? Tom Fornelli. Brady Hoke. It's like I think, I, I think brains belong in skulls. Usually, it's the it's the lack of certainty. At least with Muschamp, occasionally he'll say something where it's all too apparent he's just a football robot, right? Do you think Brady Hope can tell a joke? 
like all the way through that has a setup and a punchline and everything? No. Yeah, right now. <laughs> hey! It's a four-month-long joke. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. It's amazing. Well, I'll see if I can get him to tell a joke this weekend. How's that? Ooh, when I go to Ann Arbor. Yay. Humble brag. Humble. <laughs> yeah. That is extremely humble. <laughs> That's, that is a modest brag. That's so humble. I can't. I can't spot the brag just yet. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna. No. It's. It's like the. It's like the Brady Hope plan. It'll surface over two to three years. It'll just emerge. We're in a chrysalis stage right now. We're gonna emerge as a dead butterfly. That's the worst part about having a bad coach is that you're like, oh, this is the chrysalis stage, and it comes out and it's just more chrysalis. Just dead chrysalis. It's just a, it's just a moth. Just a horrible, horrible moth. Uh, Stole your clothes. <laughs> I'm gonna go to my uh, my question from David Hutchins at David Hutchins on Twitter. Uh, is Larry Blakeney resigning to take the Michigan job? Yes, yes. You can't prove he isn't. He is. Uh, he is quite seasoned. A thing they appreciate up there. Mm-hmm. Literally seasoned. He is covered in Lowry's salt. There are some obstacles. Uh, for those of you who don't know, by the way, Troy is, uh, yes, an FBS program. It's like Shadow Auburn. It's just down the road from Auburn, uh, like like 15 miles or something. It's not even that far. It's, it's basically Auburn. It's it, on the campus. It's like, yeah, it's like Aldi Auburn. It's just your knockoff brand Auburn. And Larry Blakeney was their longtime coach, uh, second longest tenured coach, I believe, behind Frank Beamer. And uh, he's uh, retiring. At the end of the season, because uh, Boosters want him out. And they haven't had a winning season since, I believe, 2011. Uh, and he's very fond. I think the Michigan job could be a good spot for him. Unfortunately, there is one thing. He's very fond of... Um, he's overly generous. Particularly when it comes to uh, signing people to scholarships. Oh, yes, yes. He's, uh, he's the one that outdid the SEC with his generosity a few years ago. Like three hundred people in a recruiting class. <laughs> just he's just signing entire battalions. He's just pulling over a cruise ship, signing all I, of them. I think I think this makes him perfect for Michigan. <laughs> well, well, they do need some players. Larry Blakeney will find them. Dang it! Literally, <laughs> lots of players. Lots of players. If one doesn't work, <laughs> you just go get another. I like I like the extreme implication that the the Big Ten honor code is signing one player for season. <laughs> Finding the ideal Michigan man and signing him. <laughs> and then you've got a player. I've I've had the same primary care physician for 30 years, and he's been dead for 10. <laughs> what a relationship. A Michigan, man. <laughs> Michigan man catches a cold with honor. <laughs> well, they, 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 done, they done caught one for a few years, huh? And got rid of it yet, huh? Snap. That old Brady Hoculitis. I made that up myself. Here's your sign. It ain't a real disease. Uh, That's that a hell of a blue collar comedy drop right there. Finally, you didn't, you, didn't even, you didn't even go top shelf with the Ron White. No, no, no. That's the that's the well drinks. Whoo, man! Right to the Foxworthy, straight out of the bottle. Damn. Uh, Jason, I believe you have one more question. Ah, uh, yes. <clears throat> this is this is also a Florida question. Uh, this comes to us from Alhex Gould. Oh, I guess it's the Halloween thing they do. 
Everybody changes their Twitter names to Halloween stuff. Alex Gould 17 on Twitter says, What part of Florida produces the most Florida men? South, Central, North, or Panhandle? Uh, you guys are the experts here, but I just want to weigh in real quick. Uh, I believe it's the North. I think the South, you're getting into Miami territory. Central is all tourists. Panhandle is uh, the part of Florida that's actually really cool because it's kind of Louisiana. And then the North is uh, the, the part you don't want to go to. Brian? Um, I will. I mostly agree. I think you're probably underselling Central a little bit because outside of the super touristy areas, like you get Waldo, which just had to shut down its police department. Impressive. Because that's a thing that happens. <laughs> and by the way, one of multiple police departments that are either going to be shut down or under investigation right now. Yeah, you also have Polk County and everything that happens in Polk County. So I think maybe on a volume, yeah, you're going to get them mostly from North Florida. But per capita, Central Florida is going to give you some of the, your finer, more uh, small batch Florida men. I am actually going to go contra, and I am going to defend the South Florida contingent because if you if you meet, I will not speak for the transplant that makes up much of that population. If you go strictly native, you come across people who honestly have that they've missed whole chapters in basic human behavior. Like just there was a dude I knew from Fort Lauderdale who shot. Uh, who shot clay pigeons off of the roof of his record shop back when, like, like he had a music shop and one day decided he wanted to shoot clay pigeons and thought he could just do it. Like, you wonder where libertarianism takes root? South Florida, because they've just never been taught that there's actually other people or a society that you, that you just wouldn't do this. So well, got, is, is there? Can you prove there is? Not in South Florida, no. No. And, well, we uh, we agree that the panhandle is last on this list, right? Uh, for for deep Florida man behavior, Floridaness. Yeah, because yeah, because because yeah. my second is actually like West Central, like Tampa. Yeah. Yeah, like North Tampa, up around Lutz. That's when you start getting some like deep Florida man behavior. But like, the, like ult- the ultimate Florida man of all time is Mickey Monday, right? Like Florida native who just decided that that it was probably a better idea to run drugs and get a job. And still to this day is just like, yeah, I didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> See, like to me, the panhandle is like it's like stupid fun behavior, whereas the the the, the quintessential Florida ideal we're looking for here is like, like it, it it hurts your mind. It's so stupid behavior. Like, how could anyone come up with that idea? Um, let's see. Having uh, <laughs> okay, this is why I choose South Florida. There was I. It's the only place where in a single day I have seen a chemical truck crash turned right to avoid it, okay? Like a chemical chemical truck crash so large I thought a train had derailed, okay? This is in Martin County, which is just north of Palm Beach, right? Um, So we turn right to avoid it, and I turn right and literally like, like 90 degrees off the wheel and 100 feet down the road... Two cops have their guns out, pulling over someone else in an entirely unrelated incident. Yeah. Okay, with with a shirtless man who has misspelled tattoos and gothic ink, like gothic font across his back. South Florida is definitely the most like a Grand Theft Auto game. Yeah, We're like, just like, there can't be this much crime going on at once. <laughs> oh, yes, there can. 
it is a it is a mu- massive multiplayer whatever it is, MMO game. Yeah. It is the massive multiplayer experience that never ends, and unfortunately, you cannot switch characters. You cannot log out. You cannot I mean, log off. That's you. You absolutely can. That's what identity theft is. <laughs> that's why it's so popular. It's the human pay and spray. <laughs> that's what. That's what Florida is. It's it's a big human pay and spray with deeply varying results. <laughs> results may vary. Shit, now results I'm the gov- will vary. Shit, now I'm the governor. How'd that happen? <laughs> hey, Rick Scott. <laughs> um, okay, due to time constraints, cause, especially because <laughs> we really did, I think, a fantastic job on the Florida answer. Great job, y'all. Thanks. Thanks. Yay, us. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, look at this week, uh, which is not exactly like the most challenging week in the schedule. Probably not your week six, uh, you know, masterpiece. It's a it's an interim week, but there are a few interesting uh, games of note. For instance, uh, you know, Florida State at Syracuse. Just really, Ooh! Florida State's strength of schedule just doubling Ooh! down. Every game in the ACC is a fight, and um, this is a fight. It's it's not a fair one. It's between a very large man and a very tiny puppy named Syracuse that no one loves. Puppy is asleep. The puppy, the puppies. Listen, the puppy has worms. Listen, man. I know Jim Bayham's had a few down years, but that program is primed for a bounce back. Scott Schaefer is Scott Schaefer is so close to being a '90s SNL character. If you watch his press conferences, it's he's like this close to being like if, if Chris, I drive a Dodge Stratus. He's like somewhere between Chris Farley and Will Ferrell. He's like my favorite thing he says is he does the thing where he says we're gonna fight our ass off, like the collective <laughs> singular ass. That's, yeah, like <laughs> we're gonna fight our asses we're, off. We're gonna defend. We're gonna get out there and fight our ass off. This team is one giant ass, and we're gonna fight. That's Voltron. We're, we're gonna fight ass. It's Voltron ass. <laughs> ass gonna... fight. He's one of those guys who doesn't actually have you know like answers. He's just like. Yeah, I don't have another strategy, so we're just going to do this harder. We're going to talk about ass. I read this in a coaching book eight years ago. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, Oklahoma versus Texas, uh, which, you know, that that happens. Down yeah. in the swamp. That's yeah. some, yeah, <laughs> Dabo Swinney and his boys. And then the down in the swamp. Firing up the old pistol bone. The real Red River shootout. Yeah, you watch that game for the B-roll, and then you get to the actual important game in Texas, uh, Baylor-TCU. Yeah, which I, I don't know what to make of this, just because of, you know, I don't think Baylor's played anyone of note yet. So this could be trouble for Baylor. It's trouble in both directions. I think both teams have uh, good offenses and good defenses. I think we have, uh, you know, we believe Baylor has a better quarterback, but TCU probably has better defense. Yeah, and also kind of, I think, like like a pretty nasty little budding rivalry between the two schools, you know, in that power vacuum that Texas has sort of left the two of That'd them. That'd be nice, because they kind of don't have anybody else other than, you know, feel, like Texas players talk shit about them and then lose. <laughs> this, this season also feels like Bryce Petty is the bank robber who got shot and has just been hiding his wound the whole time. Still, and like, still has two broken bones in his Yeah. Mouth. So this might be the game where he like opens his jacket. We're like, oh, that is a lot of blood. Yeah, 
and then like the horn frog shoots blood out of its eye. At that oh, there's already so much blood. It's probably because the only Baylor game that anyone in the country has watched all year was that one early in the season when like his back fell apart. And since yeah. then, we've just assumed, you know, ah, he's probably fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ah, like, that sound that bad. Eh, Baptist he broke medicine. some bones I never heard of. How important could they be? Just rub some Dr. Pepper on it. It'll be fine. Uh, Auburn at Mississippi State is our uh, large-ish game in the uh, SEC, and I did. There's no reason for me, by the way, to just think that this is like not uh, one of those games where I just it comes down to whoever has the ball last because it's Auburn, and that's just the kind of game that they force you in every time. Even if you're Kansas State, you play everything pretty much perfectly against them. They'll still do that. Yeah, well, you'll they'll find a way to make you just fuck things up, like 20-yard field goals and whatever, like Kansas State did. Yeah, and Mississippi State, still totally capable of that. I know they're really good right now. Still really... I think they haven't had the game where they make a lot of mistakes yet. Yeah, they haven't really, haven't really been challenged yet. Yeah, they also haven't had that game where they, you know, shoot themselves in the foot in the first or second quarter and then have to recover. Which every team has. They just have And they've also you know what I just realized? Both the MSUs have fourth quarter disease. If Michigan State and Mississippi State played each other, uh the whole fourth quarter would just be like just <laughs> one fumble. No, you take you take the ball. It would just it would just be rugby, just one fifteen minute fumble. <laughs> there would only be one play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> just yakety saxon all over the field. Um this is also the game day game. So game day will have been in Mississippi for two straight weeks. And as a friend of mine asked, who told Desmond Howard that? Who had the pleasure of being like, hey, Des. Who had to break the news? <laughs> who had to break the news that they were going to spend two straight weeks in Mississippi? Fuck. Uh, Oregon at UCLA. Uh, Ugh. Whoa, Pass. Two, two, two one-loss teams. Uh, pretty much like an early Pac-12 elimination game. Desperate for love. Desperate two two young men. Desperate for love. <laughs> Each deeply insecure and flawed in their own. One way. young duck. One young bear. <laughs> one young trying to coexist and fighting over one stale Twix. That's these teams right here. Probably watching something else. I'm guessing. Yeah. But uh, it is kind of amazing that week seven one of those teams is completely out of the national picture. Because both were predicted to uh, to do big things, various people had either one or the other in the playoff, and one of them's gone already. I, I think people were looking for a way out of UCLA just because they had displayed some like, you know, they let Memphis almost win a game on them. Don't, hey man, don't hate on Memphis. I'm not hey, 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 hey man, Justin Fuente might be y'all's next head coach. Just 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 ask the the chili fiends of Cincinnati how that went for them. Got their ass boiled out by Memphis. Hey, <laughs> I mean, Memphis ribs versus Cincinnati chili. I, I, I literally can't imagine a bigger blowout. <laughs> That's the greatest food in the world in, versus the worst. In so, <laughs> in so many ways. Yeah, like farts. <laughs> farts. Uh, the game I will be at. <laughs> it's a night game. Why? And, and, and nobody made you do this. Like, no, this well, all right. Or idea. I have to do this for the EDSBS fundraiser. This was like their home schedule. Oh, okay, that's right. That's their right. home schedule is so bad. Charity. Do, do you remember this. this game last year? Like this game was the 
dick trippingest I maybe of all year. And these teams are both possibly worse than they were. Yeah, and uh, I'll be there at bright and early at 7 p.m. <laughs> it, it does keep me from watching LSU at Florida, though, so thank God for that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to Ann Arbor, and I somehow won't watch it as well. Look at me. I'm next well, level. And the, the dick trippiness factor, you know, last year this game was a mess, and that was with like a, a – you know, a, a former Tom Brady quarterback coach, highly accomplished offensive coordinator type uh, running the show for Penn State. And now Penn State's offense is, uh, hey, we recruit really well. Hey, 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 we got your guys. We're taking all your guys. Hey, we recruit. We recruit like hell, man. Oh, what, 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 what do you guys, what do you do schematically? We recruit. <laughs> we recruit we're the hand, hell we're, we're out hand, of that. We're handing the ball off. That's what we're doing. We'll get to the ball. It's like the, the playbook is just like, uh, recruiting. It's the pyramid. It's, it's the pyramid scheme offense. It's like get no, the we, players in. What are you going to do with them? Get we, more players. Now we got more players, and they get two more players, and each one of you them. You can gets only two play more. eleven at a time, so you kind of have to line them up. But it, that, 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 uh, um, that's just, that's. I don't just, have time look, to listen to this. I got to recruit. That's not what kids want to hear in the living room. <laughs> and that's how your program gets investigated by the FBI. Woo! Uh, the. Yeah. Again, oh, oh, oh. Uh, Old Miss at Texas A&M, which I, I don't think this is a real dangerous game for Old Miss. It just doesn't feel okay. How's this? In any other universe, it would feel really, really dangerous. I just, I really hope that's not what this Old Miss team is. Eh, there's, there's one part of it that feels very dangerous. <laughs> Doctor Bo. Yeah, it, it's Doctor Bo plus at. College Station. Yeah, talk, yeah, talk. that's a big, like, mean, loud place. And like uh, a, t- a pterodactyl could fly away with one of his arms, and the crowd would just cheer. Since we've already made, well, if and any, then eat the pterodactyl. <laughs> say, then they put that over some slow roasting mesquite coals. Mm, just get seal the flavor in on that pterodactyl wing. Uh, if any school would have a pterodactyl, by the way, Texas A&M's a real good bet. Just one of those bats that they mutated, right? Under the just, wings at Kyle Field. He just kept feeding him. Just kept just kept feeding him brisket. Just kept growing. You know, sometimes you recruit a bat and you get a pterodactyl. Sometimes you get a tight end and he becomes an offensive lineman. It's just and the, that, and the, the best part is that pterodactyl would be a regent. <laughs> he'd, be, <laughs> he'd be a regent and he'd be a fascist. He'd be like, healthcare? <laughs> oh yeah, pterodactyls are dicks. Yeah, serious. Uh, let's see. We've got. Uh, I, by the way, my last note on that is that like, Bo Wallace didn't throw any picks against Alabama. They're like farts. He's just been holding them in. He's just going to throw two or three against A and M. I think maybe he took a cleanse against Boise State, and that was what that rush of three of them was. I think he's all cleaned out. <laughs> you think a Mississippi resident took a cleanse? Yeah, just uh, you know, um, uh, <laughs> let's Cold, move on. Coleslaw. The Mississippi <laughs> cleanse is just eating a lot of mayonnaise coleslaw. It's got vegetables in it. <laughs> That's my roughage right there. That and flaming hot Cheetos. I put some River Rock in it, so it really cleans me out. Uh, USC at Arizona. Gross. Dangerous game for Arizona, by the way. Like. What a hilarious thing to say. <laughs> it's just game for Arizona playing USC. Yep. This, they just, they just lost right. to the what happened? quarterback I, I, I slept through the State. first six weeks. What, what happened that produced that <laughs> sentence? <laughs> Hello, 
Rip Van Winkle. Welcome Gotta watch to a, out for USC. W- welcome Arizona. to a horrifying new reality. Um, <laughs> I mean, I think every game is going to be dangerous for Arizona because, let's face it, they are not the number 10 team in the country. That I'm about to go on another Cal rant because Cal's 4-1. Dude, and one, dude but. They, might, they might be. That's, that's how bad this year is. That's how inconsistent everyone is. By the way, Rip Van Winkle, one thing that always disturbed me, what kind of jacked up country it was America when you could sleep out in the woods and be like a creepy bearded old man and nobody did anything. They just stepped over you. No, you don't. That was back when everyone in America was a threat to kill you. So if somebody was sleeping, you didn't wake them up. Yeah, you were one percent safer. <laughs> that was one fewer person who could who could gut you. But like Rip Van Winkle leads me to believe that 19th century America, or actually 18th century America, was just woods filled with creepy old men with beards. Like just yeah. Okay. That, that is what that's that's why they were able the, the Dutch were able to buy New York for so cheap. They were like, oh. Yeah, it's full of old men sleeping in the woods. We don't want it. All those Sounds men, like you've thought this through. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of creepy old men with beards in the woods, Alabama plays at Arkansas. Uh which is I, I think it, talking of dangerous games and ominous noise, uh this won't be fun for Alabama oh, no. at all. No for anybody. <laughs> No, this no, would be fun for just grinning Brett Bielema watching, how, how, watching how, stuff how many, break. How, how many passes will be thrown in this game? I want a prediction from both of you. Well, but, Bama's going to screw that up. Yeah. Well, okay, that's fine, but like they'll it, they'll screw up the they'll they'll screw up the magnificent wonder. You're also you're also presuming that Nick Saban isn't pissed and isn't like yeah sorry with, Lane I'm like shutting with it Lane down. Kiffin on a on an actual leash. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll go forty-eight with thirty-eight of them by Alabama. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go fifty-four. With uh, I, I think there's gonna be. I'll go thirty-four twenty. I think. I think Arkansas passes twenty times. Wow, letting it loose. Letting it loose. <laughs> letting the thing fly. A couple little rollouts because they'll come out passing a little bit, loosen them up, and then they'll just drop the hammer. Okay. All right. I like okay. I like that. That's pass to set up the run. That's the, the Arkansas way. That's you know what <laughs> you, you get. You get the you get the the box score formalities out of the way, so that you can actually recruit a quarterback. But then you get to the good stuff. Yeah, we got a balanced offense. We just throw it twenty yeah. times. Yeah, come the first play for us. Look at this. You'll get to throw the ball twenty times a game all at once. <laughs> <laughs> I hope Brett Bielema like recruits quarterbacks like most people recruit punters. Like that's what it's like. Like, oh, do you want a scholarship? Yeah. Well, that's him. what he did at Wisconsin. He just waited <laughs> for somebody to get booted, and then he'd go bring him on in. Best player he had at Wisconsin was Russell Wilson, <laughs> who was like a you know converted baseball player. <laughs> he was who, dis- who disappointed Tom O'Brien. Bielema was basically everybody's rebound coach. I'm so hurt. Hello. All you do is just wait. Who would recruit a quarterback? I mean, if you look at if you look at the five star quarterbacks from any year of the past ten years, half of them transfer. Just yeah. wait. Yeah, just you know, Brett Bielema you know, just waiting for like a flat screen to fall off the back of a truck. You know, you know who was recruited? Jeff Driscoll. No, oh, passionately. There you go. <laughs> you know who transferred? Like three really good Florida quarterbacks <laughs> to the ACC. Mm-hmm. And and Engelberg. So simple. Also, Never also recruit anyone. <laughs> the message the message is very simple. Don't try, kids. Don't ever try. Just sit and wait. Just go to Goodwill. Get you a nice, slightly used quarterback. I found a Russell Wilson in the dumpster. 
He has some puke on him, but he's only seven dollars. That's why they make soap. And by that I mean chili. Chili. 